Real Bad is part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. If you want to explore more podcasts about movies and nostalgia, head over to cageclub.me and check out some of our friends. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Bad, the podcast where we talk about real bad movies and why they want to hurt us. I'm your host, Nick Jenkins. Today I'm joined by three friends. First, Marianne Fernandez-Silva. Hello. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Excellent. And Bill Mead. Hi, guys. How you doing? I'm fine. Great. And Sam Schultz. I'm Matt today. Oh, you are. You're in Matt's seat. <laughs> I'm in his seat. <laughs> this is great. What can we do? Uh, what can we do to Matt? Nothing. This is also my seat on another podcast I do. So oh, that's true. Yeah. I can't do anything bad to this seat. Good point. Yeah. Uh, thank you guys for joining me on this, the so far most expensive movie we have talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, does anybody uh, know how much this movie costs? Don't don't tell me out loud, but raise your hand if you know. Oh, I don't. I was going to guess. Okay. Well, let's let's start the guessing. Sam, uh, what do you think? Hundred. I don't know how much. Hundred dollars. I don't know how many works. <laughs> Let me clarify that. One hundred and <laughs> wait. How much is wing. money? How much is money? Hundred and eighty million dollars. Okay, hundred and eighty million dollars bill. Uh, I'm going to go a little higher with $200 million. Okay. Oh, Marianne. That's what I was going to guess. So Just, I'm going to go a little bit higher than that and say $250 million. All right. Price is right rules. Marianne wins because it was $250 million. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> this movie came out the same year as The Avengers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And uh, The Avengers was, I believe, 200 or 250 I think it was $200 million. Uh and I honestly cannot tell you why this costs that much more. Because <laughs> they recorded on the streets of Chicago. For I guess real. they had yeah. to shut down Chicago know. for uh, every. Oh man! Well, there is a certain like luxurious look to this movie. There yeah. is, it and is some of that has movie. to do with Wally Pfister's cinematography. But before we get into that, we are yeah. talking about Christopher Nolan's 2012 film, the sequel, Dark Knight Rises. There's a the in there. The Dark Knight Rises. Sequel to The Dark Knight, which is a sequel to Batman Begins. And uh, Nolan is the director, Christopher Nolan. He did films like Inception, which I absolutely love. Uh, and he did films also like uh, Memento, which a lot of people love. And I'm kind of like, eh. So, you know, it's not for everybody. But The Dark Knight Rises has a lot of very fascinating things we need to talk about. And I'm excited by that. I don't think The Dark Knight or Batman Begins belong anywhere near this podcast, but I do think this movie does for a few reasons, and we will get into them. But before we get too deep into that, we need to do a 60-second plot dump, and the person who's going to do that, oh, I'm having a tough time deciding. I've been thinking about it. Marianne. I knew it was going to be me. We talked about this earlier. We talked about this. It was going to be me. I don't know. Bill, have you done one? I've done one. Have you? Okay. I definitely did one for uh, Maximum Overdrive. Okay, then. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Great. I figured it's, it would be me because I haven't been on since Army of Darkness, and that's yeah. been a lot longer than you Yeah. Been on. It might yeah. be literally impossible to do this. We're going to see. Uh-huh. If you can do it in 60 uh, seconds, this is hard. I'm not that well prepared. <laughs> this I just movie knew it was coming. <laughs> 13 hours long, so <laughs> you've, got, you've got a heck of a job ahead of you. But here we go. Are you ready? Sure. All right. This is the 60-second the plot dump for... The Dark Knight Rises in three, two, one. Okay, so Bruce Wayne Batman starts off the movie as a recluse and hasn't done anything or talked to anyone aside from sometimes, I guess, Alfred since the previous movie because his not-girlfriend died. Uh, Catwoman is in Wayne Manor and steals his fingerprints and some pearls. 
Because of that, he tracks down who has his per- who who wanted her to get his fingerprints, and turns out it was Big Bad Bane. And the, uh, I guess like because he want Bane wanted to like ruin Wynn Enterprises in the stock exchange, so that uh, Moran, so that Bruce Wayne would get off of the Wayne Enterprises board of directors, and he inst- decides to put in. Uh, quote unquote Miranda Tate, who is actually Talia Algo, but no one knows this. And then uh, Batman chases down Bane, comes out of hiding. Am I over? Oh man, yeah, uh, yeah. whatever. You're pretty uh, close. You're, you're pretty doing better. And, uh, and kidnaps Bane and kidnaps Bruce Wayne. Batman throws him in a pit um, after three months and two workouts and a can-do <laughs> attitude. He, uh, Batman, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne gets out of this giant pit. Um, oh God, there's so much more. You haven't even mentioned the fact that Mar- that Marvel Gotham is under. Martial no, yeah, law. I was gonna go back to that. Oh, okay. Like during this entire three months, mm-hmm. um, at the beginning of those three months, Bane explodes random parts of the city and tells everyone that there is a bomb. And if anyone comes on or off of the island of Gotham, some random citizen, not really that random. It's obviously Talia Al Ghul slash Miranda Tate will set the this bomb to explode like and destroy the entire city also does not tell everyone that in 3 months the bomb's going to explode anyway so it's all a moot point oh, um and okay. uh while he's in the pit Bruce Wayne finds out that this pit was once an actual prison but now it's just a prison owned by by Bane <laughs> and at one point there was a child who escaped and that's the only person that ever escaped and it was a child of Raz or Raish depending on what you're watching Al Ghul he thinks it's Bane. Uh, Raish al Ghul or Raz al Ghul does not have any boys, as far as I know. So it's obviously Miranda Tate or Talia al Ghul. Um, and Bruce Wayne comes back with like 12 hours to spare until the bomb explodes and then distracts uh, Talia, who he finds out is actually the child that escaped. And Bane, while everyone else prevents the bomb from exploding immediately and then he gets in a bat wing and carries the bomb or actually drags the bomb along the streets and hits it all across all sorts of buildings until he finally gets it over the bay and it explodes. Everyone thinks he finally did something and sacrificed his life, but he didn't because he, whatever, that's it, he didn't. And you find out at the very, very end that he escaped and is now with Catwoman in Paris. in Paris, and this entire movie is just a rom-com. Also, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it. Oh, yeah, also Joseph Gordon-Levitt's in it and, <laughs> and doesn't yeah. do anything. And Batman. And yeah. might be Batman or Robin in <laughs> yeah. the future, but not really. If I liked done. this movie more, he'd be Nightwing, but hes I don't like this movie. <laughs> but so. he's not. He's not. No, he's not. <laughs> he's none of those things. He's Robin. His name's Robin. He's literally Robin. So he can't be Robin. Stupid. He can't really be Robin because his name is Robin. <laughs> yeah. So he's clearly like yeah. another iteration of Batman. Yeah. But you, uh, look, I, just, golf clap. That is the it. movie is so overly written. Also, it was probably like three or five minutes. I oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, over, it's an overpacked movie. <laughs> it's, it's way overpacked and overly complicated. I didn't even it. mention the part where all the villains took over mm-hmm. and there was lots of looting. And there were sewers, lots of sewers. And there were lots, lots of sewers, sewers. In this movie. All the cops in town get stuck in the sewers for three <laughs> months. 3,000 police officers. 3,000. Yeah. By the way, the population of Gotham, they say this, is 12 million. And they, they allow supplies in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How? Okay. And I looked this up because I was like, 12 million seems like a lot. City of New York population, 8 million. Wow. So this fictional city has 
fifty percent more of a population in New York. And I they got to track in food and water for oh. three months. And plus yes. the yeah, three thousand cops. They will allow supplies, which I'm like, that is the biggest flaw in this whole yeah. thing. Well, no, that's not the biggest flaw. No, there's it's not the biggest flaws. one. There's a little, there's a few. There's quite a few flaws in this film. Interestingly to me, so this followed up The Dark Knight, which is believed by many to be one of the greatest superhero slash comic book films mm-hmm. ever made. Uh, we can debate that. I, I think that Heath Ledger's performance in there is exquisite. Like it is a certain level of, it's a, it's a level of acting we don't see very often. And that is, and that's what holds that movie to me. And I would say he elevates Christian Bale because Christian mm-hmm. Bale is such a mm-hmm. bad Batman mm-hmm. that he kind of makes the fact that Christian Bale's not great at being Batman important to the plot somehow in that movie. I feel like, like he's screaming at him and smashing his head on stuff, mm-hmm. and Joker's like, "You're not very good at being Batman." Yeah, it is weird, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. like if you were a good Batman. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I, I think that was a definite case of this guy's acting much better than I normally do. I need to step up my game. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was a big part of that. Um, you know, I, everyone who talks about being around that performance was like, just like, holy crap, this is some next level stuff. And if you watch it, uh, it is. It, it's it's an impeccable performance like it, it and it's so funny to be in a Batman movie <laughs> mm-hmm. that but it is it's really really good and following that up has to be a tall order just in in every way especially you know Heath Ledger passed away mm-hmm. before the Dark Knight even came out and so you're like okay well there's a lot of expectation there and a lot of questions. It's not going to go the way anyone really probably wanted it to go mm-hmm. necessarily, but they made it $250 million. They made the dark Knight rises. Here's something nice. I'll say about it. It definitely closes out a trilogy like this. When this is over, that story is over. You don't want any more of this. Story. You don't want any more, but it's also like it, it, from, from the early parts of the film, you realize that, Bruce Wayne can't be Batman anymore. Yeah. Like he goes to the doctor and it's a good line where he says, you know, well, I've seen worse cartilage. And he says, oh, that's good. He's like, no, no, no. You have no cartilage. Like (laughs) it's like there's no cartilage in your knees, your shoulders all screwed up, blah, 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 blah. You got brain damage. You just like it is. He has screwed himself up. And and there are elements of that that I I do like. And I appreciate the fact that, okay, we had a trilogy. We closed it out. Mm. But. This movie has all kinds of problems. Before we dive too deeply into this, I'd like to know sort of our histories with Batman and with this film. Like, when did you see it? Marianne, I want to start with you. So, like, are you a Batman fan or or not? Or, like, what's your sort of overall exposure to Batman? And then how did when did you first see this film? Um, I think I'm kind of neutral to Batman if that makes it like I don't know I I definitely saw my first my first like introduction to Batman as a whole had to have been like the Tim Burton films sure um maybe the Batman like one of the animated series that was like prevalent in the 90s mm-hmm. um because I was a kid then so that makes more sense than me having watched the Tim Burton films as a child um and like I think I was familiar with Batman in terms of like Pop, my knowledge of pop culture, because I do know a lot about pop culture, and I have am familiar enough with the comics without having read the comics, because I'm a weirdo who loves comic book <laughs> lore without actually caring about reading that. Like, oh, no, material. I'm right there with that. you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, so, yeah, uh, I have a couple friends that love Batman, but, like, 
He was like, meh, he's an all right villain. I mean, all right uh, hero. Fella. I like his villains better. Um, you know, he is kind of a villain. Like, really, there's very little that separates him yeah. <laughs> from his rogues gallery. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then this movie, I saw it probably in theaters. All right. Bill, what's your life experience with Batman? Uh, I think me and Marianne aren't too far off. I've definitely, like, tried out, I want to say, every flavor of Batman. I remember the Tim Burton movies as a kid. I remember the 1966 Batman being on Nick at Night a lot. Mm -hmm. So I definitely like Adam West's Batman. The cartoon show, I was a big, that was probably the biggest hook for me was the cartoon show of Kevin Conroy as the voice. And I think he's still the voice here and there for a lot of projects. Mm -hmm. He's Um, in the Arkham games. Mm -hmm. He's in the Arkham Mm -hmm. games, which are great. Uh, And he's great. He's great. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So I've read some of the comics, but I've, I've never been someone who subscribed to the monthlies or anything like that. So... I saw this one in theater. I remember being really worn out for seeing it. And this is the first time I've seen it <laughs> since then. That's me. Okay. <laughs> Sam. Hey, I love Batman. Yeah. Uh, You're also the most comic booky of us in yeah, here, I think. I guess yeah. so. I kind of feel very similar to Marianne in that I like to read about comic book lore. Mm-hmm. And then when a writer that I'm interested in starts writing books like grant morrison wrote a lot of really good batman books and that is most of the batman that i've read and otherwise i just kind of like dabble here and there with certain things and then read about it on wikipedia or like read enough about it to make the grant morrison stuff make sense so i don't have a problem like picking and choosing what i read i don't read like every month but um i think probably the cartoon batman is also where i first saw batman and that's just like the ultimate version of the character as far as I'm concerned, Mm -hmm. or like almost the ultimate version of like the whole DC universe is like, that's the bar. I think that nothing else really has cleared yet. So I feel that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I I think I probably am in agreement with you there. Mm -hmm. Um, But what about uh, Dark Knight Rises? So I saw this movie opening night because I guess I liked Dark Knight, but I don't ever have a, like a desire to watch it again. But we went to this opening night and um, I loved it because it was because Tom Hardy was so like so stupid and, <laughs> <laughs> and I think the first time I was watching it it was like it's just like hits you so hard and it's so long and stupid that you're just like yes 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 and give me more yeah stupid. Tom Hardy was like I can't understate how into Tom Hardy I was mm. so I came away from it like Rachel was doing the Bane voice all the time we were like <laughs> yes Bane is the best bad guy because I still think he is but this time this is a different story a little bit. <laughs> but also I I Dark Knight I think is fine, but I think there's so it's so there's such long tracks of boringness in that movie. In the first in Dark Knight, like when he goes to China, that none of the movies in this franchise are like super important to me. I don't really like any of them that much. So I think maybe that helped me like this one the most because it was maybe the most cartoony. Hmm. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm probably, so I was a kid and, you know, surprise, I was a kid. Mm. Um, What? Rag. It does seem a little unbelievable. It does seem, you know, (laughs) people have, yeah, people have told me they can't imagine me as a child. So I don't know if that's a compliment or what, but. I don't think it is. I don't think so either. Um, (laughs) But when I was a kid. Uh, like the Tim Burton's Batman was a huge deal mm-hmm. when that came mm-hmm. out and I saw it in the theater a couple times um, and absolutely loved it because it, as a kid I didn't like 
I didn't like that movie as much as I liked the idea of a dark Batman mm-hmm. because all I'd seen before that was the Adam West stuff and it was just goofy and stupid. Um, and I knew that there was a darker side to Batman. And I think from that, I had always liked the idea of Batman, but not really any of the permutations except for the cartoon. Mm-hmm. I, I really loved the animated series yeah. cartoon, not just for a really good representation of Batman and Alfred, mm-hmm. but also I thought the rogues gallery was really well handled. Yeah. And there are some mm-hmm. upsettingly dark episodes. Well, yeah, they give that is where a lot of the more the more complicated nature of the characters, the bad guys especially come from. Like Mr. Freeze was just a bad guy until he had a frozen wife in the cartoons. Yeah. And that was like his whole deal was mm-hmm. trying to fix her. Yeah. That's where Harley Quinn was introduced too, yeah. 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 And she was so much fun. Yeah. Um, and Mark Hamill's Joker, we can't not talk about Mark Hamill's Joker, was wonderful. Yeah. In he's that. actually funny he's, and scary. Yeah. Yeah. Which, and the animation was good and and, yeah. and iconic. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot there that I really like. And then I was a teenager when Batman Forever and Batman and Robin came out and they were just big jokes. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we they weren't really engaging. I liked Batman Forever at the time because I really liked a lot of what Jim Carrey was doing. Mm-hmm. And I thought just looks wise, Val Kilmer looked like what I imagined Bruce Wayne should look like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. mm-hmm. um, but, you know, they were nothing beyond that. And I was in this. So that was when I was reading a bit more Batman. But then when Batman Begins came out, I had a nearly a goddamn religious experience with that movie because mm-hmm. like I felt like this was a filmmaker taking the character seriously and basically saying what if batman really happened like what if this character had to exist in our world what would that look like and i like that take on it i don't think that take works in a comic book world um but i liked i like the idea that like well how would he do that he's a ninja okay cool he goes (laughs) off and becomes a ninja right on i'm into that that's maybe where the what if this happened in the real world thing loses me a little bit well a little bit but like i mean within the confines of a of a superhero movie sure. like you're trying to be more realistic with it and not just well he's a rich guy who doesn't work out and, <laughs> and yeah. doesn't do anything he's just fucking batman yeah mm-hmm. like i like that mm-hmm. i also like that that movie is about fear like i did an exercise where you go through um batman begins and you just check every time the word fear is used and it's like hundreds of times Mm -hmm. throughout that film because that movie is about fear um and and conquering fear Mm -hmm. um and i like the fact that this this movie to me is where i got the real idea that batman is about will like that Mm -hmm. is his superpower above all other things his superpower is his will to act Mm -hmm. and to do things that other people will not do Mm -hmm. and i always admired that as a superhero i was always like that's cool because that's scary. Yeah. Like when you have that level of will, that's a frightening person. So you hope they're on your side. Right. Um, so, you know, that happened and I really enjoyed it. Critics really liked it. And then when The Dark Knight came out and they cast Heath Ledger, I was like, what? Yeah. Why are you, what? Oh, this is terrible. And then I saw it and was like, this is amazing. Um, and I didn't know what to expect out of The Dark Knight Rises. My favorite Batman comic was Nightfall. Which it doesn't hold up well if you go read it again because yeah. it's like so 90s. Yeah. But it is, I really liked it was when that era when they were killing Superman and they had to do something horrible to Batman. So they did something to Batman, but uh, they broke his back. Yeah. Um, and, and it was Bane. And so I was like, okay, cool. We're going to get Bane. And then it was Tom Hardy. And I was like, Bane's from South America. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
Okay, whatever. But, uh, you know, I like Tom Hardy as well. I think he's a magnificently talented actor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the Aurora shootings happened right on the opening weekend of this movie. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so I went to see it because I wanted to see it. But it really that you know, really colored my viewing of this film. I was Mm. constantly looking at the exits um, and it was, so I graduated high school before Columbine. So the idea of being trapped in a classroom when a shooting happens didn't really affect me growing up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And this was the first time in my life when I had really had something like, I go to the movies all the time. And in my brain, this had always been a safe space. Mm -hmm. Um, and now that's gone and it's still, it's still gone. You know, like every time I'm in a theater now I'm looking at the exits and I'm, I'm, I'm at least subconsciously aware yeah. <laughs> of people coming in and out mm-hmm. and it hasn't. And so I didn't have a great theater experience with this movie. Did you see it after that had happened? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I saw it. I didn't see it opening weekend. I think I saw it the weekend after. Okay. Um, Cause I think there was a thought they might pull it. That and then they didn't familiar and but they did they wound up not pulling it because mm-hmm. um, it still made a billion dollars like this film is it like, actually made a billion yeah, dollars it actually made it's one oh. of the few okay i think there are 35 36 films that have made it and it's that surprises me yeah it's worldwide i not, just remember every yeah i guess so everything was so dampened after that happened like mm-hmm. nobody was talking like that was just like okay yeah. yeah um but it was it was really you know it, it really affected me but marianne and i were talking about the same thing that you know you I think you were talking about you were in high school when I was I think I was like in junior high junior high so I can't remember exactly when Columbine happened but I want to say I was like sixth or seventh grade maybe Mm -hmm. um what year did you graduate 2005 okay cool yeah that sounds right then I was in grade school I think when it was happening and I'm a year behind you I guess yeah oh yeah so, yeah, like I can't exactly remember when it was, but it was like I definitely wasn't in high school yet. Yeah. Um, and I like was at the same school from like kindergarten through eighth grade. So I'm like, meh, somewhere in there. Right. Um, but yeah. But even before then, like I I don't know if this is like because I grew up in Miami and like I was born in the late 80s when there was like a lot of drug busts. And right. even my local mall um, had a drug bust um, like in the early 90s and that type of stuff. So like or maybe I'm just like a super paranoid person that like the concept that something could happen was always present in my mind. And like Columbine definitely reinforced that. And even shortly, like in the years following Columbine, there was like a lot of school shootings, not a lot, not as many as there are now, Mm -hmm. but it seemed at the time like they were kind of increasing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think, I think we had this conversation, Nick, that like, even when I was in college, like I could not enter a classroom without just in the back of my mind, con- constantly thinking about how would I get out? Or where could you hide? Or where could I hide? Or what yeah. type of situation I could get into? And like, it's still a thing that's present to, for me now, but it's so normalized in my brain that I don't, I'm not as affected as I as I w- could be, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like the Aurora shootings is not a thing that affected me very heavily because. Right. But um, for me, it was a big deal. Yeah. Uh, in terms of how I experienced the world, um, it definitely changed you know, my film going experience, yeah. you know, and I also, that is by far not the worst thing to happen out of there. I mean, I want to make that clear. Like the, it, what happened was a tragedy all on its own, but it, it, it's, it's interesting to me how my brain, you know, 
then now is still affected by that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been, what, six years? Is that it? Yeah. I yeah. mean, this movie came out in 2012, so. Yeah. 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 Bill, did you have, do you even remember what the 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 shooting and the yeah, news like I, how I, it affected your film or if it if it colored it at all for this specific film experience now that we've talked about it i do bef- during and after that i do remember paying more attention to the exit signs and i've i don't go to the movie theaters enough sure to say that it's it's stayed with me but i think i am more sensitive to like you mentioned that movement of people coming into the theater and so like whenever it's you know this happens all the time at a movie theater, but sometimes someone comes in 40 minutes late. Yep. And mm-hmm. maybe I would have noticed that before, but I definitely notice it now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it's weird that theaters used to be a place that you would immerse yourself in movies like this. And that would just be, it, it would be you and the film occurring yeah. at once. And now it, it's hard to say because, you know, the world has changed so much since 2006, what I would and wouldn't have noticed. 2012. 12, sorry. But it's it's interesting because now I notice these things like, oh, I'm seeing the phones. I'm seeing the people come in late. I'm looking at the exit signs. Yeah. Uh, so it's hard to say if that's now just something that's with my subconscious forever and if it's because of this, these events or if that's just the way it is now. It's really weird. And I you know, yeah. I wanted to get that out of the way up front yeah. um, because I think my theater going experience was terrible and it was terrible for that. But it was also terrible because this is the single loudest film. <laughs> this is a loud I movie ever seen in a movie theater. It was so loud. My ears were ringing. Was it louder than Blade Runner? Yeah. Whoa. It was, it was more painful okay. than Blade Runner. Blade Runner wasn't painful. It was no, just it was like just, a, it was kind of funny. It was like a soothing mind explosion. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we saw Blade Runner 2049, it, the, it was so loud that <laughs> the projector was shaking. Oh my gosh. And so when you have those big, the, the whole screen would shake. It was kind of cool. I thought at first, I was like, is that in the movie? Yeah. Like, are they shaking the frame? I don't understand. Because usually it was when one of the cars was landing. Yeah. And I was like, ah, what an interesting effect. Yeah. Oh, but wait. The, yeah. And I like, watched it later and was like, oh, that's not part of it. Yeah. Um, this was painful. Uh-huh. Like the the score, the explosions, even the voices, like Bane's voice was like uh, really <laughs> intense yeah. uh, to listen to. So it was just a, it was a negative experience for me overall. So I tried to watch it again a few months later. In theater? No, no, no. Uh, when it came out oh, okay. on Blu-ray or whatever, I, I rented it and was like, okay, I'm just going to, I'm going to give it another shot because I was not in the right headspace and, and I really liked Nolan. So I'm gonna give it another shot. And I couldn't finish it. Mm. I mm. got about halfway through and I was so bored with a summer blockbuster superhero movie yeah. that I turned it off. Hey, and I, you got to get an hour and a half into it before it gets good. <laughs> <laughs> the first hour and a half are fucking boring. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. It's not Pretty just boring. me, right? Like the, the first hour and a half is just... There's a lot I would have cut and a lot I wanted to keep. Well, the, mm. <laughs> I, I, I will just say this going in, like I was the last person of the four of us to watch it. Yeah. And we, we had a pretty fun text chain or whatever going on about like, oh, I saw this part, this part. Sam and Nick ended up watching it at the same time. Uh-huh. Sam got too excited. Yeah. Because uh-huh. we, we pass around <laughs> one DVD typically is yeah. how this yeah. works. And Sam got so excited that he, he rented on an Amazon or whatever. I wanted to see Bane. Yeah. And so it was just funny to see these two guys go back and forth. But I think a big part of the movie experience, of course, is, is your attitude going in. So I was just like, whatever, man. Like that, that's how I started this. And sure. I was like, all mm-hmm. right, this part's good. This part's goofy. And I appreciated the goofy parts more. If I was the first person of us to have seen it, 
that might have changed. It's very possible. Yeah. I, I do wonder sometimes about our little text conversations. If they're like <laughs> sending things are worse. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. putting you in the wrong mood. But at the same time, like I was willing to give this movie a lot of mm-hmm. space because I've been watching a lot of bad movies. And so I was really prepared to be like, oh, look at the craft. And the craft is great. Yeah. Like it's really beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. Wally Fister's cinematography is amazing. I don't know which one of you said something like lush, mm-hmm. but like it feels like um, it feels expensive. Like it feels like every frame is is expensive. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it's a designer it, movie. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. sets and the yeah. scenes. I mean, the opening scene with the whole airplane, blah blah blah. That's cool. Do you like that up. part? No. What? That's no. so cool. I don't. I don't, mainly because I can't understand what Bane is saying. Mm. Oh well, well. Like I understand a few of his lines, but yeah. then I'm like, I, I should have watched it with the subtitles, subtitles on, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't. But I should have because he's in the plane talking to the guy who's faking an American accent. Yeah, little finger, little finger, little finger from Game, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Oh, it's not good. And uh, <laughs> and I don't understand. Like even it's not just Bane. The mix on this movie is bad. And uh, there's a numerous characters who just mumble, and that's yes. their yeah. communication method. I know. I got so happy when Scarecrow shows up because yeah. Killian Murphy doesn't mumble. Yes, he enunciates like, yes. everything very clearly. Yeah, I loved yeah. it. It was great. But that opening sequence. It was tough for me because the mix is so bad. They pull up in the car and all I can hear is the plane engines huh. like ramping up and the car idling. And I can't hear what these people are talking about. Mm-hmm. And then they get on the plane and I get what's going on. But then Bane starts talking and, and all I hear is <laughs> painful. And that's it. (laughs) I don't know what what he's saying. So not only does he sound goofy, like the accent, Uh well, you know, his vaguely Eastern European accent is goofy, right? Uh, Yeah, I don't even know what he's trying to do. Yeah, I wouldn't even call it Eastern European, though. It is like some kind of weird buff Dracula. It's a weird, yeah, it's like a weird amalgamation of... I don't know what. Yeah. The actor Tom Hardy, I I don't know if you guys read about who he based this accent off of. Mm. No. I'm going to get this wrong. It was either a wrestler or a famous boxer (laughs) of the time. Okay. But like this old like black and white. And he based it off this guy. And people have found audio of this person he, I want to say, paid homage to. But it also doesn't sound like him. Oh. What's his name? You don't know his name? I don't know his name. I wish I did. We'll put it on the Patreon once we find it. We'll figure it out. It's just... uh, It... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> it's weird because like usually you think of Bat- Batman's villains are usually more interesting than Batman. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So we have to look at Bane and see mm-hmm. like in the first one, I liked Ra's al Ghul. I know. Or Ra's al Ghul, depending on. Please what. call him Ra's al Ghul. Okay. Ra's al Ghul. <laughs> Liam Neeson. Uh, Liam Neeson. I liked that permutation of Ra's al Ghul. But Sam. Um, I don't remember what I told you. <laughs> I feel like you said you really hated it. Eh, I think Ra's al Ghul's. I thought he maybe he was fine. That's oh. like a good. That's a good version of the character, I guess. I think that. Uh, yeah, I have nothing more to add. I, I'm. He's just fine. I think he's fine. It's weird. We talked earlier about the it being a more realistic setting. Mm-hmm. And is it the Agul's? Would that be their last name? Yeah, Al-Ghul's, sure. Yeah. Mr. Agul. 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 Mr. and Mrs. Agul. <laughs> if, if you don't know, and I hope you know in the comics, his whole thing is that he's hundreds of years old and he has this system or... The Lazarus pit. The Lazarus pit, pit or yeah. pits that he goes in and that, that keeps his life going. And him and his daughter, Talia, have this whole long backstory with Batman and Bruce Wayne. Yeah. 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 
Uh, they have a kid together. They have yeah. a kid together. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Is it Damien? Damien, yeah. yeah. Damien Wayne, who yeah. has suited up as Batman. No. Robin. Well, in a future yeah. flash forward. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. But, <laughs> well, at one point, maybe possibly someday. <laughs> it's but, the DC universe. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? And, and I like in you know the Kevin Conroy cartoon when the Algols show up because it's like they kind of just own the room that they walk yeah. in, you know. And it's like Bruce Wayne is with them, but he's playing their game. If that yeah. makes any sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So taking out the Lazarus Pit in these in this trilogy, I understand, but I kind of want it. I mean that's a that's an overall critique of the whole trilogy. Yeah. I think that's that's fair. You want more supernatural, mm-hmm. um, which is I think why a lot of us were excited for a more comic book accurate Batman when they when they started the Man of Steel universe. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Or you could just uh, watch the Arrow series because it's the same thing except they swapped out. Uh, oh yeah, Arrow or Green Arrow for Batman. Is yep. it still Ra's al Ghul? Uh, it was at least in the very beginning, and then it. But it wasn't Talia. It was Nissa Al Ghul. Okay. But okay. it was like the exact same concept. There's not a, not a child, but yeah, whatever. Weird. But fine with this. I mean, I think <laughs> I think we all feel like the first half of this movie at least doesn't work very well. No, it's a bunch of bo- well. So you can't understand anything anybody's saying. One. But everything everyone's saying is super important, and they don't really repeat it that often. And it also doesn't make any sense. Like. Why does she need the fingerprints? Who's this dude in this bar that she like, and she kidnapped a senator and what's going on exactly? <laughs> and I can't understand anybody. So yeah, up until, up until, I don't remember. What I would say going. up until, tell me if you guys agree with this. I think this movie is a bunch of horse shit uh-huh. yeah. up until he gets out of the pit. Oh, I think it's a bunch of horse shit up until he's in the pit. Like, I think up- when they blow up the football game, that is when it gets good. Yeah, I, I agree. I feel like the the blowing up of the, of the football game is dumb, but once it's done and then Bane does his speech and that type of stuff, that's when it gets like better. Yeah. Then when okay. he's prancing around town being a being a like a, a socialist and Although, telling the people to take back their, their city. Yeah. Although I but do not. have an issue with this film's representation of like that aspect. Mm-hmm. I feel like it glamorizes looting and and pillaging like way way too much. Oh, I feel the opposite kind really? of. Really, I feel like it glamorized rich people and business people and the police so much that it was kind of like they were all superhuman compared to just like you don't even ever see any normal people in Gotham. Really, it's just like this layer of god people who are the rich people, and then like, no, there's no middle class. The police there is in, in Gotham. And then criminals. And that's the only two people that live in Gotham, and then criminals. And that's Those all you are get. The only yeah. people yeah. that live in Gotham or orphans. Yeah. Or orphans. Yeah. Uh, so I get. don't I don't feel like it glamorized looting. I feel like it I feel like it made made like the rise of the middle class seem like a bad like inherently evil thing. This is weird because Maybe. I have a third opinion. Yes. <laughs> Go for it. So my third opinion is Nolan was commenting on something that had been in politics at that point. We were uh <sighs> Four years into the Obama administration, we had mm-hmm. still been grappling with a lot of what happened in the Bush administration, mm-hmm. which was a lot of people saying like, hey, hey, <laughs> the the rich are getting too rich. We're getting there's a there's an unequal distribution here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We have a problem. And it was getting worse and worse. And that was I remember that was the first time I started hearing people talking about like some sort of analogy to the the French Revolution mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that it's like we have a class now of people of a let them eat cake 
philosophy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. They don't understand how poor people are. They don't understand. They are completely disconnected mm-hmm. from that. And I think it's gotten worse um, since then. But I think Nolan was commenting on that. And that's really where Catwoman fits in. Because that's the speech she gives him. Yeah. Because okay. like, do you think you could take all of this stuff and leave nothing for anyone else behind? Did you think that's what you could do? You know, and then yeah. because she's not a bad guy. But then when she's in she's that house after that house is looted and she's like talking to Holly, I'll just assume it's Holly from the. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's like, this used to be someone's home. So it's like after the bad stuff happens, then she's like, oh, maybe the way that things were was OK. Well, and I think she's a highlight of this film. So, oh yeah, I think yes. she's great. Um, I agree. And I would view her as more of a survivor, and mm-hmm. she's just rolling with the punches. Mm-hmm. And she is also extraordinarily smart. Yeah. And so she's able to look at this and realize that, like, yeah, this this was somebody's home, and that's fucked up. But ooh, I also, you know, I need to take care of myself. Mm-hmm. I like it, so for me, it's like it is it. It, I, I feel like it's in the middle, and in that case, I feel like it maybe was not well handled. <laughs> so I think, just to clarify, I guess, because I'm kind of a little bit more on board, like, I think I just didn't communicate this well, but mm-hmm. I think that I'm a little bit more on board with, what Sam, what you were saying, and that, like, so for me, I think a lot about how looting and um, and just the general, like, uh, expression of chaos in a city affects the middle class. Like mm. people that mm. own businesses and homes that get looted mm-hmm. are and like mm. like street level businesses and mom and pop shops get looted. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. those are the those are the people that are more heavily affected. I don't want to actually get into like more or less heavily affected, yeah, but yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. those are the people that are like regularly affected yeah. by these types of situations and there was zero presence or like existence of this middle no. class. There's Interesting. No, there's okay. no yeah. coffee shop in yeah. Gotham. Yeah, there's That's no true. coffee shop. There's no like only street side bo- bodega, like yeah. neighborhood bodega. There's yeah. no like... There's not even like a corner market. No. no, no. There's yeah, mansions yeah, yeah. in the sewers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not even like a cafe, right? Like nothing. Which could be... Yeah, they're not in Paris. Which could be also going to further my thought about it being a commentary on that because it is about that separation of if you're removing a middle class you're you're just having the ultra rich and the incredibly poor and that's all you see in this movie you see the ultra rich and the incredibly poor yeah. that's it you mm-hmm. don't you don't except for the police which yeah. is its own you know thing in yeah. this film too mm-hmm. I which mean, I didn't like. But. Maybe it's that, but maybe it's also a bad interpretation of three different comic stories from Batman's <laughs> decades-long run. Because you mentioned earlier, earlier, this is part of Nightfall. Yep. Uh-huh. This is also the Dark Knight Rise returns? returns or rises. Dark Knight Returns. No, Dark Knight Rises is the the title Rises is a is is a creation of these filmmakers. Yeah, okay, that's then, then Returns. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then uh, No Man's Land. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think all three good comics. All three pretty good comics. <laughs> At least just, good ideas. Yeah, good <laughs> ideas for sure. Just all stuffed into one movie. Yeah. It was... Maybe, this is, what, but yeah. this is weird because this is the pro- same problem we had with Batman Superman as well. It's uh-huh. like, pick a story. Mm-hmm. You don't need to pick 15. They picked 15 stories. Was Vastly different stories, too. And also, a little less different. I could see why they think that these would all fit together well. But I think with the inclusion of so much, like commentary on what america's like right now yeah mm-hmm. and then like so much stupid stuff like the blank slate or is that what it was called yeah clean cool. slate yeah. clean slate or blank oh i think you're right clean slate and I think then clean like slate, the yeah. fusion machine that lucius is just like 
hey, you built a fusion machine, remember? John. And then like an hour later, they finally get around to showing you the fusion machine. They teased that and then that's the so bomb. long. They didn't really even tease it. He's just like, it's there. It's well, no, they were there. like, you, you remember? Oh, because the orphanage is out of money. And he's like, well, <laughs> yeah. you're not making any profits, remember? In the orphanage. Because you, right. you built a fusion bomb. Yeah, also, yeah. this is what happens when you refuse to run your own company that funds an orphanage. <laughs> yeah. So what happens when you disappear for eight years. <laughs> oh, my also, God. Can I just say another really annoying thing that is probably a product of the years since that it doesn't age well Mm -hmm. is that like Bruce Wayne, Batman, whoever, whatever you want to call him, decides to like disappear and like people think he's dead Mm -hmm. so that he could donate. Well, for other reasons, A, just so he can escape, but B, so that he could like donate Wayne Manor to, um, to like to orphans. Yeah. Instead of like deciding to rebuild his company and help Gotham, yeah. that is like bare, like it's not destroyed by a bomb, but there's still like a prob- probably Lots a lot of, of recovery destruction. Yeah. yeah, there's someone in Gotham now who has cancer from radiation. Well, and, at least and one. an evil, an evil uh, developer paved the city streets with dynamite and blew yeah. up the whole yeah. town. We've got so. a thousand. Pr- Violent criminals from Blackgate are on the loose. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they're just everywhere. People are going to try and reclaim their property. It's yeah. just, it's a mess. And, and he th- took the only other good guy with him. He took Catwoman too. Yeah, he took yeah, Catwoman. Nobody left to help except Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Gordon-Levitt. I, I want to say so much about him. <laughs> uh, let us begin. Let okay. us talk about Joseph Gordon-Levitt. See, my big thing I want to talk about is the pit, but we'll get there. Okay, yeah, we'll all get to the pit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we all do. J- JGL, does. Tommy from Third Rock, uh-huh. uh, he's in this movie. And I think he's, I mean, I think most everyone in this movie is a good actor. I love I, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think this is one of the most well-cast, or the, the most talented ensemble casts mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. assembled is in this movie. And I think the respective characters they're playing there are very well suited to play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I think Anne Hathaway killed it. Yeah. Like, yeah. you guys keep talking about the first hour and a half of this movie not being good, but I'm like, but Anne Hathaway is not All the parts, no, all the, all the parts with yeah. Catwoman are wonderful. Flipping yeah. out of windows and kicking people with blades. And her stealing Batman's Lamborghini. I was yeah. like, oh, that's good. cool. Yeah. Oh, and then that flip between, like, innocent, like, stumbled upon, like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, well, you mm. caught me. Oh my God, it was so good. So I good. had a laugh out loud moment in the theater that was just because of Anne Hathaway. She was so good, was when the she's got that kidnapped senator in the bar. Yeah. And then the police break in and she just starts screaming and she goes from like totally confident, just like, oh my God. Yeah. And she's like, so good. Mm-hmm. She's so and then good. like immediately goes from like a super high register scream to silence. Yep. So good. Looks yeah. over her shoulder all cool. Like, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to walk out of here now. Yeah. yeah. yeah she's No, great. no. She is good. terrific. I wanted to see a Catwoman movie with Anne Hathaway. Mm-hmm. I, I did too. Honestly, I was like, there's too much Bruce Wayne in this movie. There yeah. is way too <laughs> much. I would have rather seen, a, well, I'm going to get into Sorry, this. Go for it. Yeah. Okay. JGL. Uh, JGL. He shows up and he, his first line where he introduces himself, it's like, you, it, it's like he came out of just having his voice crack. So he had to recover from it. <laughs> oh no. Where you're like, Hey, <laughs> Hey guys. He, just, <laughs> he starts like that where he's like, and then this is clearly a character that probably should have been in the last movie. And by that, I mean his forced exposition. Yeah. For example, when they find the body washed up mm-hmm. and he's like, he's from the orphanage, St. Whitworth or whatever. I know, <laughs> I know because I coach basketball there. <laughs> and is that uh, why he's an orphan too, right? Yeah. He's an yeah. orphan. Oh, okay. That's how he that knows pause. that Bruce Wayne is Batman. That right. pregnant pause. Right. <laughs> 
what? He just walks in and says, "I know you're Batman in his office, right?" Basically, because I've seen that look of where, yeah. like, okay. the hate. basically. Because I was watching that scene and I was like, "Oh, he's talking about something else." And then he, and then they're sitting in this car and he's like, "So why did you become Batman?" And I was like, oh, "I didn't think that he knew he was Batman." <laughs> <until> <laughs> just out of nowhere, like, yeah. So that was yeah. the thing, though. Is they this is a character that had to catch up. They had to introduce him, but also catch him up to the world. And then he mm-hmm. had to like they put a bunch of like various plot things on uh-huh. him. He was exposition man. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was exposition mm-hmm. man, but that. That part where he's just like, I coach basketball there at the yeah. orphanage. <laughs> I wanted the partner he was talking to to just look at him and go, you, you were at an orphanage? <laughs> You're an orphan? Like, why'd you pause there, man? <laughs> it was just so natural. I was like, I get it as an audience member. And this is something uh, I think Christopher Nolan has been called on before is he doesn't really He's got okay dialogue, mm. but he doesn't do good realistic dialogue. No, nobody talks like a person. No I, one talks like a person and no one reacts really like the person just said what they said. Yeah. Yeah. Also, like, I feel this entire movie. So oh, this entire movie, everyone <laughs> says exactly what they're thinking and there's no nuance. Uh-huh. There's zero, like everyone says exactly what 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 they're thinking or what they're feeling or what they're about to do or what they're about to do. <laughs> yeah. Or and like. Everyone asks the exact same questions in the way that, like, would reveal exactly what should be revealed. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's no, like, time, like, there's no nuance in here. There's no, like, oh, the audience is going to need to interpret what is being said. Mm, it's right. like, oh, you're, it's, you have a powerful friend. Is this your powerful friend? Yes, this is my powerful friend. <laughs> oh, I hated when she said that. That was so stupid. Yeah. Can your powerful friend help me get the clean slate? Just call What does the clean slate do? It gives you a clean slate on your background. And it wasn't real, but then it was real. Yeah. yeah. That was very confusing. Yeah. That was another, th- yeah, that was the weird thing too. I remember watching it this time and going, oh, I'd forgotten completely about how plot heavy every element of this <laughs> yeah. movie is. Mm-hmm. So there's, you know, there's the disillusion of Wayne Enterprises. It's not even a disillusion. It's a changing hands, mm-hmm. right? Miranda Tate's going to take it over and they got to get rid of Bruce and blah. Then there's this other company who bought another company yeah. to just to get this clean slate. You're talking about Krennic's company? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. Dag from uh, Daggett. But isn't, he's Krennic in, in Star I can't remember Wars. his real name. In Star okay. Wars. In Rogue yeah. One, yeah. It's Ben Mendelsohn. Yeah. Mendelsohn. Um, but he, so like it's, uh, it, there's so many companies and shit going on that you need to keep track of that really like you didn't need that. Mm-hmm. Like you could have just had him and her escape away to Paris at the end. And, and I would, it's a movie. I would have believed that they're out, you know, mm-hmm. like also he's fucking Batman and she's Catwoman. I can believe that they can hide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I, so it. It's so strange to me that they uh. overbuilt this this element that is really stupid because she even says the clean slate and he's like, oh, the clean slate, the one that gets rid of every bit of your information, <laughs> yeah. that clean slate, that one. And you're <laughs> like, we could have saved so much running time in this movie yeah. without having to deal with that and, and given Catwoman more to do that would have been central to the actual plot, I think. Yeah. Um, because I loved all of her scenes. I love when it says those hard to walk in those heels and then she kicks him in the shit and he drops. I don't know. Are they? That's so cool. She was so <laughs> cool. So good. She was just so flipping cool. I didn't know Anne Hathaway could be that cool. Mm-hmm. And she was. She's really cool. I want to see yeah, Ocean's very good Ocean's 8. Ocean's 8. Yeah. So, yeah, I, it's just plot on top of plot on top of plot that like even the plot with Miranda, Miranda Tate mm-hmm. turning into the very French name of Tate. Um, <laughs> Turning into Talia Al Ghul is just like we have to go through all of these machinations mm-hmm. of 
She came to him to get the project of the fusion bomb started. But she funded it, I thought. Well, she... She did? No, she no, didn't. No. She funded she, something else. She had like her own clean energy initiative from yeah. her own company yeah. or whatever oh. and was trying to encourage. It was a joint venture between. Yeah, to do a, basically do a joint yeah. venture. But that's so shit. much background yeah. knowledge about a character. <laughs> Bane could have just gotten a bomb yeah, for God's sakes. It didn't. rolled into town with a nuke. Yeah. 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 The, the, having to link all of this together. And it would have been a problem if they wanted to have a romantic relationship between Miranda and Bruce in some other way that wasn't tied up in companies and, and because it's just, there's just too much plot. Except it wasn't actually a relationship. Like they had sex once and then that was basically it. Well, no. I don't know about everybody else's relationship. They were in love. They were in love. He was trying no. to. No. Well, Did so, you see how hurt his little face was when they, she stabbed him? He was really they sad. They were next to a fireplace. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, he was really hurt. I mean, no. not just physically from that knife stabbing. Yeah, he, <laughs> he was <laughs> legitimately, Batman was completely like, whoa. Now that I think about it, the beginning airplane rescue scene is also completely worthless because they're just getting that scientist so that he can have a really boring (laughs) scene where he like pushes the bomb for a second and he's like, it's done. I've done it. And then they break his neck like the next scene. Yep. They could have mm-hmm. just. Yeah. There's a lot of neck breaks just in this not movie. Known how to, he could have just known how to make the bomb into a bomb. Bane and not have to kidnap a scientist or, or something. Who or cares? like not even any of that. He could have yeah. just been like, this bomb cannot be um, undone. Like what did I forget what it's called? But he could have just said it. Yeah. And it, it would be true. Yeah. yeah. No yeah. one. Because nobody needs no to know. No one can prevent this bomb from going the off. The bomb. Yeah. One thing I really liked slash that was stupid as hell <laughs> was. Everyone was so like because they they arm the bomb or whatever it's called, and at first I don't know who says it. Thanks, it, it's kind of a vague timer about when it'll go off. It's like it could go off in months or mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. but towards the end, everyone just off the top of their head knows when that bomb's gonna blow up. And I I'm sure if a nuclear bomb was near us, I'd be more aware of it. <laughs> but they are reminding us, the audience, like there's 15 minutes left. No one's looking at a watch. And then later, Talia is like, there's 11 minutes left. <laughs> yeah. There's so much of that going on. <laughs> okay. Like you just off the top of your head. No, like 15, 14, yeah. 13. Yeah. So we got 12 and, minutes left. And weird, <laughs> weird attention to detail, seconds. like details of time there, mm-hmm. but then not anywhere else, not anywhere else. <laughs> like the, I, the, uh, one of these, and this is not something that I noticed. It was something I uh, saw on, I think a cinema sins mm-hmm. video which I have mixed feelings about CinemaSins, but this was a really good one where he hands a, a little bomb to uh, Blake, to Joseph Gordon-Levitt, oh, a yeah. mm. little grenade, and he says, uh, you know, push the button, count to five, and then throw it. And if you count, when from when he clicks it, it's one, two, <laughs> so you, like what remove that line just give it to him click and throw it you know that it's so bizarre what was paid attention to mm-hmm. and what wasn't mm-hmm. in terms of detail right mm-hmm. like there's so many overly detailed things in this film mm-hmm. and then so many that are like ah we don't care you know mm-hmm. and that one that you're talking about is great because it's like the detail of knowing the time is is really harped upon, but how do they all know that? Well, I think I read even that in that part at the end and in the part when they're doing the bank transfer after they rob mm-hmm. Wall Street. I still don't really know what they did there. Quotes, Wall Street? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they're not even in New York. No, so they just Gotham Wall the, Street. It's the an exchange. It's, it's some sort sure. of exchange. But mm-hmm. Gotham has a larger population than New York. So. Well, and those, one more thing real quick, those ramps, those 
barriers that pop up to protect the Wall Street building, mm-hmm. they just are motorcycle ramps. Yeah. Why don't mm-hmm. they? Why aren't they flat? Why do they have the thing that so the people? Oh, uh, because you need a motorcycle to jump over it. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. <laughs> but so those two parts where they're doing the download and the bomb at the end, I think are timed out so that they actually take as long as it says that they're going to on the uh, thing. Why? But oh. a, but why? Why? And, they, and then if they're not going to do five seconds, right? <laughs> <laughs> what are they trying to do? Two. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh. It's so bizarre. And uh, can, uh, can, we, can we talk about the pit? <laughs> Yeah, yes. we can. I want to talk about, about the pit. I have a lot to say about the pit. <laughs> well, some the of it is actually good. I, I do have some interesting things to say about the pit. But first okay. of all, the pit is stupid. Yep. Mm. The pit Dis- makes hard disagree. I love it, the pit. It makes no sense. Uh, Nothing why? about the pit makes any sense. First of all, okay. <laughs> I encourage you all to listen to a podcast called The Weekly Planet. Okay. Uh, it's two Australian guys do a podcast about comic books and comic book movies, mm-hmm. and they are adorable. Uh, they are just there. It was the podcast that got me into podcasts, mm-hmm. and I love them to death. I love both of them. But one of them pointed this out, and ever since he pointed it out, I can't not see this. Who put the pulley system in? And if there's a pulley, why not build stairs? The pulley to keep the guys on the rope yeah yeah you have a pulley system he's on a pulley uh-huh. when he makes the jump when when all of these people try to make this impossible jump right he's on a pulley mm-hmm. so you could just have a pulley crawl out a little bit put in some stairs to uh-huh. get to the other side well it's a bad pulley because it only goes up not very far right it goes enough far enough to make some stairs to start making some yeah. stairs like sure. it's that you whole have to have a spoon there right just like carve it out out of yeah. the yeah well it seems like the pits they've walls. got they've got beds you could make metal steps yeah it seems like just, the pit actually does basically have stairs up until that one place where you have to jump just a little bit farther than yes. humanly mm-hmm. possible right so. but a little kid did it but uh, that one little kid did it. Yeah. It's, it's, but you it's, can also make like footholds. Yeah. As you progress, like whatever. No climbers were put down that pit. No, that's the no. other thing. There's parts you can see of that pit where I, I've tried rock climbing before. I was scared to death of it. But I saw parts with especially that Christian Bale slash Batman. It's like you could just climb there. But if there. you were stuck in the pit, you would climb the pit. Yes. You would climb yeah. the pit. But this is the other thing is I feel like everyone in this pit. <laughs> has their own agenda and they are all counter to each other escaping. And I don't mean that like I'm reading into it. I mean, you mentioned the pulley system earlier. So just have your friend hold the pulley yeah. and just be like, okay, I'm going to swing back and forth. We didn't make it lower me a little. I'm going to swing back and forth. Right. That doesn't happen. So I feel that there are those in the pit who aren't invested in escaping. <laughs> yeah. Also like, you have a pulley system. People are holding the other end. No one is like, oh, I'm going to hold it taut so that you don't just like fall <laughs> and break your back. Yeah. yeah. Smash against the wall of the pit every time. <laughs> it's what in the I'll hell? help you to a point. <laughs> but you're I'll on your own. I'll hold this pulley so that it doesn't unravel. But yeah. other than that. Well, I like uh, the idea of him being thrown into an impossible prison. Like that, that doesn't uh-huh. bother me. But the logic of this thing, yes. which is so clearly, again, it's this Nolan problem. It's a Nolan problem of having so many moving pieces. And he's made it work that he thinks he then can do it with everything because like mm-hmm. Inception works really well. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. dream within a dream within a dream at all the machinations work mm-hmm. and it comes together. And that's what makes that film exhilarating. This is a fucking Batman film. You don't need it. You don't need all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's 
it, it, so when it's wrong or when something sticks out, you can do nothing but stare at it and go, that's just wrong. Did the other two Batman movies have that going on? Batman Begins didn't. Did Not it? Batman Begins. A little bit in the Dark Knight. But that's kind of Joker's thing. Exactly. That's yeah. the thing. It fit with the Joker. Yeah. Like the Joker is making up these he complex. He has crazy plans. Well, he has crazy plans with all these moving parts that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like that's the yeah. whole point. As you get to the end, and, ah, it doesn't matter. Who's going to kill everybody anyway? He's yeah. the Joker. Which yeah. doesn't make sense with Bane in this, where Bane is trying to teach all these people a lesson about everything, but he's going to kill him anyway. Destroy Gotham and just himself. like Ghoul, Raish al Ghul wanted to destroy <laughs> Gotham. But I don't remember why Raish al Ghul wanted to destroy Gotham. I thought it was because... This is their job, right? I feel like I should have watched Batman Begins before watching this or being on this podcast. wash po- away the scum. I feel like yeah. what it normally is is that like whenever there is a giant tragedy, people build up and get better yes, outside of it. Because that's, that's it a is. common like uh, League of Assassins thing. Thing, yeah, I and I think right. Gotham well, he is... specifically says in Batman Begins that it's once a city has reached uh, an, a level of um, awfulness, mm-hmm. yeah, Got- that's when they have to come in and be the cleansing fire. Right. Oh yeah, uh-huh. and there's like no saving, even like no one's innocent. Anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you know, and that's why you're saying that's what you know we burned Rome when mm-hmm. it was time. You know, it's like that. It's when a city reaches that level of just disgustingness and mm-hmm. terrible and corrupt um that's when the league of shadows comes in and wipes it out didn't batman kind of fix gotham though kind of because gotham in this movie is not so bad it's not well see this is the thing it's overly complicated Mm -hmm. because it's complicated because you know what what does fixing a city mean well i mean in the movie they almost literally say that he fixed the city right like the dint act fixed everything yeah but you're not i don't know if you're supposed to under is that good or bad? The dent, yeah, the Dent Act seemed bad. It seemed like it gave the police too much power. I get like it was weird. This is where this movie is kind of weird and confusing, yes. right? Because like the Dent Act cleaned up the streets, but it was based off of a lie. And it seems like mm. the police have too much power, but correct. the police are portrayed as like completely ethical. In yeah, this correct. Yeah. Just, yeah. So you're like, oh, well, they put all of these people in prison, but you're not made to understand that those people aren't guilty and also awful i don't know but at the same time bane's big thing when he rolls in is like you were put in you were put in prison i think he says you're like you were put in prison but on by criminal means or something like that so now we shall get your freedom and i know i'm not supposed to be identifying with bane but i'm trying to track what's happened Mm -hmm. but yeah that's the thing right because like oh you're put in prison because of like illegal act right like something that should not be in place mm. and people are unfairly being put in it, prison it was, it was put but, it, yeah but what was well it is the intact does it ever explain i think really? it just oh, so I, I have two things i want to say about gordon's speech but first i'll say i i think in batman begins it's, it's heavily implied that the the prison just has a revolving door for the mob or whatever mm-hmm. that criminal organization mm-hmm. is in gotham mm-hmm. and i'm Assuming the Dent Act sort of closed the loose ends. It was definitely an organized crime thing. Yeah. Like a targeting thing. Yeah. The the organized crime, like all the organized criminals were getting out scot-free almost every time. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, in Batman Begins, it was because the entire infrastructure was corrupt. It was corrupt. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there was no, Gordon was like the only good guy Uh left. And even he was powerless. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's when we turned to vigilantism, which, you know, is, let's be clear, not good. 
<laughs> no. So uh, that's good if it's really cool. It's good if it's cool. <laughs> it's good if it's. Batman. I, w- I yeah. wanted to say something about Gordon's speech because in the beginning of the movie, Gordon makes a speech about the Dent Act, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and later on, he's about to make a resignation slash. This was built on a lie speech. And he has these papers that he keeps with him. Yeah. It's like three or four papers. <laughs> yeah. It's like three or four pages of just. It's a bad speech. It's a bad speech. But then. Uh, 30, 30 second speech. It's a, yeah. It's a three or four paper long 30 second speech. Because Bane later on reads the speech out loud, mm-hmm. which made me think or ask, is Gotham really gullible? <laughs> Not to say. Okay. Because yes, Bane had this, this speech that Gordon wrote. Mm-hmm. But after this guy, I don't, I don't remember what point in the movie. I think it was at right when he was about to release everyone yes. from Black Gate. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He makes a speech, and uh, Gordon is hanging out with Robin, uh-huh. and Robin's like, "Oh my God, you really did that." He's like, well, "He could have gotten that anywhere. Why are you going to believe Blaine, Blaine, Bane <laughs> right away?" I was just kind of like, "Come on, guys!" I also because didn't... he said he got it from Gordon's he pocket. Did, he did get it from Gordon's pocket, and we saw that happen. But I don't know. It, I just again, still don't it's... understand why anybody was like, why Robin would have cared about that. Like, what? What's the bad thing that they did? They lied about this dude dying. And I guess that's the thing. Like, I but none don't... of that had anything to do with the organized crime either. Right. I don't yeah. quite understand what was the what was the problem. There was obviously a problem because of the way Blake reacted. Right. Mm-hmm. But what was the problem? And it seems like even Gordon knew there was a problem. I, I don't I don't understand. And I fundamentally, don't. it was all something the Joker caused anyway. So everybody should have ultimately been mad at the Joker. And it's not like Two-Face killed a bunch of people. He just tried to kill one person and then got pushed off a roof. No, no, no. He killed a bunch of cops. He did? He killed a few dirty cops. Yeah, he, no. he killed some Right, right, right. Yeah, he, he killed the, the dirty cops and, and he killed some mobsters. I still right. couldn't like... I tr- thanks for reminding me because I could not remember. I'm like, <laughs> why did they not just say that Harvey just died? Why'd they have to say that Batman killed him? It makes oh, no sense. That to makes me. more sense now. Be- but, uh, uh, but, well, that was it. They, they, they said that Batman killed him, but also killed the dirty cops and killed the mobsters. Yeah. Like they t- like that was, that was Bruce Wayne's whole thing at the end of the dark mm-hmm. Knight. was like, all right, I am this dark. Right. Knight. Yes. <laughs> and, and, and that's okay, and I would have preferred much if they just ended this saga there, honestly, because then Batman rides off and being a you yeah. know being a villain. Because it's not a great ending to build something off of in the next movie. That's yeah. tough, and I don't, unless it's like yeah. Batman. It's like the next day, and Batman just the cops just hate Batman. Yeah, which would have been fine. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I, I would have been okay with that. But <sighs> I need to go back to the pit. Okay, thank you. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> Here's what I'll say that's fascinating about this movie in general and the pit. Mm -hmm. And that is to me, this whole movie feels like kind of a midlife crisis movie. Mm. This is not explicit in the film, but I feel like it's implied. Okay. If you look at everyone else in the pit, aside from Bruce Wayne, and there may be some people that don't fit this, but everyone else seems pretty old Mm -hmm. in that pit, except for Bruce Wayne, who is right on the verge of becoming quote unquote too old mm-hmm. to do everything he's doing. Right. Who was the person who was able to make the jump? A kid, a, you know, a young person. Right. And there's this feeling that permeates this film of what is my meaning in all of this? What have I accomplished? What, 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 what have I been able to do? And is this my last gasp? Mm-hmm. And that's a very midlife crisis thing to feel. It's to feel like, is this it? Is this is this my last opportunity to to do something good or to do something fun or to do something whatever it may be? 
And I just I was struck by this image of all of these older men looking up at him as he was making this jump, this mm-hmm. final jump that and I and there was this look on all of their faces. And maybe it's because I'm 40 and I, you know, and I I maybe I'm having some of these same feelings, but it's like they're all looking up at him and it, like I missed my chance. I can't do this. Only he can do this because he's just young enough to actually do it. They all lost their opportunity and they're stuck down there. They're not stuck down there because there's a fucking rope up at the top. He throws them back down the rope. He throws them down a rope when he gets to the top of the pit. Yeah. Like, he doesn't know who those dudes are. No, he doesn't. But also, there's a rope up there. (laughs) A strong breeze could have just knocked the rope down and freed it. It's a stupid person. Like a bored kid who watched Yeah. There's a rope down here. That was a pit. Yeah. Yeah. There's people down there. Let me save them. Yeah. But it also goes into like his, just his whole thing with Batman man he's beaten up and broken down by life and he's you know what is what is my impact and then at the end you know it's the impact is like yeah it's getting away with the you know the hot younger girl but at the same time it's also like he became a legend in this last this last big moment this last big gesture right um and i'm not a big gesture person i don't i don't like that in reality i don't like the idea that one gesture makes or breaks well but Uh, detonating a nuclear bomb over yeah you know (laughs) that's that's, a pretty good gesture it's a pretty good gesture (laughs) but it also made me just angry as hell at alfred for crying and be like i'm so sorry Uh, i failed you you raised a kid who sacrificed himself by getting blowed up with a nuclear bomb yeah you did a good job man fuck alfred in this movie no alfred's terrible in this so i think that's i think I like that. I think if it had been more explicit, yeah. not explicit, it feels like that is probably at least what he was going for in some respect, or maybe accidentally was because he was old, maybe. Well, I mean, Nolan is is in his probably his late forties, I'd say. Yeah, mm-hmm. but if that had been a more explicit part of the movie, or the movie hadn't been so dense with so many other like yeah. confusing mm-hmm. messages. I think, like, obviously there's a place for an old man Batman story because the biggest Batman comic of all time is an old man Batman story. Yeah. yeah. And I think there are wonderful questions about that, it, that, mm-hmm. you know, how long can this non-superpowered human mm-hmm. possibly do this? Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the benefits of Nolan's trilogy is the fact that not long. It seems like a couple months. Yeah. Basically. <laughs> you, you've got a couple months, maybe a year yeah. if you're lucky. And then that's it. You you know, the human body can only take so much. And mm-hmm. it's very true. Like if you look at fight sports, like especially mm-hmm. mixed martial artists, you know, they, they don't have 20 year careers. Mm-hmm. Generally, mm-hmm. they have a five to 10 year career and that's that's all their bodies can take. And it's not even the fighting. It's the training. Like that type of training is mm-hmm. just so hard on your joints. Well, and- even Tom Hardy has said the training he did for Bane probably knocked off a few years. It's yeah. probably getting him some acute all the things Christian Bale does to himself, oh God, yeah. which seems to be at a monthly basis. I don't know how long that every other live. movie gain, lose, gain, lose. Whatever way you tell me Christian Bale dies, I'm not going to be surprised. I don't appreciate method actors who do things like this. I actually don't. I, I understand the method in some respects, but I don't appreciate people who make their jobs and then showcase their jobs to the world as intentionally dangerous. Mm-hmm. I don't like the idea that young acting students or young people looking up to actors see this as the way to do it. And it is just harmful. Mm-hmm. Like what he is doing to his body is bad. Did Joker guy do that? What was his name? Heath, Heath, Ledger? Ledger? Heath Ledger. Yeah. I don't think Heath was method necessarily. I he think he was just makeup a, on a skateboard wonderful around. actor yeah. like and understood. I mean, if you watch that performance, it's a great performance to watch to understand moments and beats. Mm-hmm. 
and to understand living in the moment as an actor because he was able to make it seem like he had not a memorized line. Right. Like mm-hmm. everything was immediately like coming off the top of his head. he was absorbing new information Yes. Too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that is rare to see and it was just so great. Like that part where he's talking to one of the cops and he's like, do you want to know why I use a knife? And he's got these pauses where he's putting the sentence together mm-hmm. and it doesn't feel like a memorized line. It's so so impressive to watch an entire performance like that. Yeah. Hey, Tom Hardy does a good job too. No, not like that. <laughs> Tom, we should talk about a lot of the accents or the, the two main accents in this movie okay. being Batman's gruff voice. Oh God. And Tom Hardy. Michael Caine is a close third place. Mm, I would actually say that uh, Commissioner Gordon he just mumbles and he's so gruff and gritty that I couldn't understand much that he was saying. There's somebody else too, but I can't remember who it is right now. That's something I wanted to say earlier. I've started to know this more and more. There's a lot of English actors who play American comic book characters. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's fine. But I've noticed a lot of English actors to get away from their accent. They'll do this thing where they, they talk more raspy. And there's a lot of characters who do that. Like, like Dr. Strange. Dr. Strange, yeah. Jonathan and Stranger well, Things. Well, Dr. Strange just talks through his uh, nose. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of yeah. like talking as if there's extra air in your mouth. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Littlefinger was pretty bad in the beginning. Yeah, uh, he was. He just talks like he doesn't really move his teeth very much But they do, they do this. Yeah. It's like, that's okay. I guess that's how some people talk in America. And I'm saying this. I don't like my own voice. Uh, but no, I want to be British. I would love to be British. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Tom Hardy, I liked his work. I think that mask did not do him any favors at all. He has very un, unemotive eyes. Mm-hmm. This very blank well, slate. The mask also yeah. crossed over some of his eyes. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's like he he doesn't. His eyebrows don't move much. Mm-mm. So it's just really a vocal performance and a yeah. physical performance, which I think is really good. Like he looks. Threatening. The, yeah. the coat he puts on partway through the movie does a lot of the heavy yes, lifting. Yeah, he's <laughs> putting his hands up. <laughs> yeah. But in, in the beginning, in that stupid plane scene, he tells one of the League of Assassins or whoever to stay on the plane because they need a, a body Their of their own. Bodies, one yeah. of us has to stay, brother. And he <laughs> does, the guy goes, like, is the fire rising or whatever? And Bane does an eyebrow raise, which again is so, it's made subtle mm-hmm. by the mask. I don't know if there's a way to make that into a verb, subtleized. Uh huh. But it's subtleificated, subtleificated, <laughs> and I think, I think he was putting in the effort, and there was nobody helping him. I, you know, I think, I bet Nolan is very much a find the right actor and let mm-hmm. them do their thing. Yeah, I'm sure there's more craft to it than that. I'm, yeah. I'm sure he works with them, but you know, once they probably found it, it was sort of like, all right, let's go for a take. This is what it <laughs> so, is. Yeah. All right. Well, at this point, there's so much more we could say just about the pit. Um, <laughs> that, uh, but we do need to move on. And so I'd like to move into how we could fix this movie. I, I feel weird saying that because like this is a two hundred and fifty million dollar movie made by one of the most successful filmmakers of all time. Mm-hmm. Uh, who seems to be, I could be wrong about this, but he seems to be a lovely human being. He seems to be very nice and and congenial and, and very specific. Like, he is very interested in the audience experience. And that's why he shoots in IMAX a lot, because yeah. he's like, he feels like it's a better experience for the audience. I may disagree with that. Did you like Interstellar? No. The movie sucks. I hate Interstellar. <laughs> yeah. I still haven't seen it. 
Well, I see, I am a huge fan of 2001 A Space Odyssey, mm -hmm. and I feel like this is the worst version of 2001 A Space oh, Odyssey. Uh -huh. and, and, yeah, for so many reasons. I but, saw that in IMAX the same week that, well, last week. Yeah. We watched 2001 A Space Odyssey. That movie is shorter than Batman. Yep. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. So much worse. Oh, my gosh. I mean, Batman is so, so much yeah. inferior. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's such an elegant movie. Anyway, yeah. um, I'll start with how I think I would fix this and you could have a very similar storyline being with it being sort of like the the search for Batman and trying to get Batman to come out of retirement if you wanted to do that with Catwoman in the lead mm -hmm. and I, I would much rather have watched that movie and then she's able to bring him back and they have the third act which I do think is a solid mm. third act like once everything has gone down and the bridges have been exploded and and Batman's back in the city, I was on board. I was like sitting there and I was paying attention and I I was I was ready. But like I really would have preferred to to have seen this all from the perspective of Catwoman. Um, I thought that too, honestly. Mm -hmm. I, at one point, I just thought Batman should at this point be a almost mythical character. Yeah. And if you're going to tell me that has been he's been retired for eight years and been out of the picture have him be out of the picture yeah. literally yeah yeah i i yeah. Uh, yeah that is exactly the movie that i would make is mm -hmm. the one where they're trying to get him yeah to come back or find him even maybe he has disappeared actually disappeared yeah. mm -hmm. and he's not mm -hmm. just howard using it you know like i think but i mean mainly this is also because i think anne hathaway was so good in this movie and she was so much fun and she had the best lines and like it was because a lot of the goofy lines in here don't work. Mm -mm. <laughs> Those two, that, that chasing in the middle of the movie after the quote unquote Wall Street robbery in the is really cool because mm -hmm. I love the idea that Batman has the thing that makes the lights turn off everywhere he goes. Mm -hmm. That's just yeah. such a like obvious Batman idea. Yeah, it is. But the cops who are joking the whole time. Yeah make me so furious and that was the same thing in batman begins when those two people are sitting in the operating tower of the monorail when oh it's god coming, and yeah. they're making the same bad jokes as those monorail people and they're so not funny they're just like the most i just want to punch no, that grading. dude in the face yeah they're they they're especially here like they were really grating because mm -hmm. there was some of that that worked in batman begins because batman begins had a little bit of a lighter tone the delivery though of both the jokes yeah. in both those movies is so loud the guy just like shouts the joke and he just seems like the kind of old man who you don't want to have anything to do are, with. Are you talking about the guy who's like, you're you're going to see something, You're in for kid. a show tonight. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that guy. Well, there was a... I hate that guy. I like some of it in Batman Begins where they're like, uh, we'll describe the car. He's like, it's a black tank. Like that, yeah. you know, that works. But still, even that, like, there is a deadly seriousness to all three of these films. Mm -hmm. And breaking out of that, it, it doesn't work. Especially to break up a pretty cool action scene yeah. with like that because that doesn't the the third act action sequence does not have does that. not have any jokes in and it. it is a, and it's epic mm -hmm. like it's a really good chase sequence mm -hmm. um so yeah i would say catwoman centric trying to find this mythical character and then when they do find him he's just beat up and broken and <laughs> mm -hmm. barely able to do the thing but still it's his will that that drags him out of it and then you do have a little bit more of a dark knight re returns mm -hmm. uh scenario but yeah, that's how I'd do it. Marianne? I like that idea. That was also one of my ideas. So I'm going to give a different idea. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but you're the, like the idea of just making this into a Catwoman search for Batman yes. movie is I really appreciate. And that was one of my first thoughts. Um, I think. So I had a thought of like coming out of 
the Dark Knight instead of uh, both personas of Bruce Wayne and Batman becoming like recluse and like Howard using it. Mm-hmm. I think it would be interesting if Bruce Wayne like um, is basically completely taken over by his Batman persona mm-hmm. and like as a criminal to the cops is constantly trying to function uh, like around that and like is become more of a myth in the like criminal underworld because he's like still, actual Batman. Yeah, like actual yeah. Batman because yeah. he's still like doing his thing, but it's more of like, oh, like, like the cops don't r- only get like whispers of him, but can't really track him down he's or find not, him. He's not hanging out on police headquarters yeah. every no. night. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, so like with that as the kickoff, like cut out those first two acts and like start early, earlier, way, way earlier with. Um, all of Gotham already taken run amok mm-hmm. and being like sequestered from the rest of the world and mm-hmm. have him spend more of the movie trying to figure out who's behind it and like maybe running into different criminals and different oh, um, So have him be villains. a detective. Yeah, mm-hmm. actually be a detective. Huh. Well, that won't work because this Batman is not the no. sur- sharpest tool in the shed. So I He's think dumb. that he would like tap into Lu- Lucius Fox would find out the information. Oh, he would find it. It would be a shorter, like it would be a 20 minute long movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's these people. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then like that would only work if you had more surviving villains. But still, like, I think that I just I really like the concept of No Man's Land. And I think that like yeah. the, with the third act, which is more the No Man's Land storyline yeah. being the stronger portion, I think that that's where you can like. Yeah. When did do No that? Man's Land come out? The early 2000s, yeah, I think. Was 2000s. Oh, OK. So is that what Arkham like Arkham the... City was sort of based on? Is that the second Arkham yeah. game? Yes. Yeah. OK. Because I love that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That. Yeah. Bill, you guys have both had great ideas. I, I have thought both. <laughs> I thought this should have been more Catwoman centric, and I also thought this should have started at a different point than it did. And I, yeah, I don't know how you would start right away if that Gotham is under martial law mm-hmm. idea. I also thought. I mean, there's so much in this movie. Just make it a two-parter. Mm-hmm. That was my oh, other. No. idea. That was Fixed. not. But look, in 2012, but that was not out of the question. That was not out yeah. of the question. 2012. I don't think it's out of the question now. We, we're way down on the next Avengers. T- true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And but not, they are but not are, good. They Well, okay, fair. Well, but, <laughs> Twilight, another two well, Yeah, but they did the Twilight thing. one. They Harry did Potter. Hunger Games. Harry Potter. Like, mm-hmm. Harry you know, was it was e- I think it's easier to do oh, with God. literary adaptations. Oh, no. Let's just make it 12 movies out yeah. of one tiny kid's book. Yeah. Don't talk about The Hobbit ever again. I mean, that's where I'm at right now, and this is... It's so dumb. Either cut something or make it two movies is what I'm saying. Because we've talked about ideas to add. We've talked about characters we would like to see, like the Penguin, or more of the Scarecrow, because he's barely in it. And he's great. Mm-hmm. And we, we allude to all these cool ideas, like Catwoman has her turf, and there's all these other little plot threads, like, oh, that's Robin, and he's about to be Robin, maybe, or another Batman. Mm-hmm. And a, a lot of time, not a lot of time is given to a lot of things. Yes. Mm-hmm. So either stretch it out or cut something. Well, mm-hmm. and you know, there is a, um, a two things that I'll throw in here is one is in intro screenwriting. A lot of times what we talk about mm-hmm. is first you have to decide what your story is. Mm-hmm. Is it a movie? Is it a comic book? Mm-hmm. What like what best serves this particular story? I don't think this movie was served well by being a movie. 
I feel like this is two seasons of a really cool, intricate television show. Maybe. Or um, I guess two movies. Or two movies. Yeah. You know, yeah. something like that. Like cramming this all into one movie didn't help it no. in any way. The other thing is like um, the makers of Evil Dead were trying to come up with a fourth Evil Dead movie. And they kept doing scripts for years and years and years until finally it got so they did the reboot of Evil Dead. And they were trying to make a script that would involve both a time traveling Ash and this new rebooted universe in the same thing, which is at the point Sam Raimi went, clearly we've lost our minds. We're throwing it all out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that's Sam Raimi for finally figuring that. Yeah. Out. Well, and then that it's was when they decided to do it's, it's when they decided to do the TV show. Let's just make this a straight, you know, 20 years later from the movie, I guess, 30 years later from the movie. Mm. Um, but it was them recognizing that none of these stories were visual movie stories no. they were all too off the off the, their wing nut you know like they were just gone mm-hmm. so yeah i i mean i i think there is a, a certain element of what serves this story best and i don't think this was served well by one movie but sam how would you fix this um so i feel like what everybody's kind of saying is that well this is how this is when I was finished with the movie, Rachel said, how come nobody ever just makes like a regular Batman movie? And I feel like Dark Knight is the closest that you get to a regular Batman movie. But I think this movie would have maybe, I think what I was really disappointed by after I saw this movie in theaters was that it was the end, like it was like an end chapter. Mm-hmm. And they never let Batman like be Batman really, like have any fun being Batman. Yeah. So maybe, maybe part of me is like, this shouldn't have been the final chapter of Batman. Like that big time jump just kind of makes everything depressing to me, I guess. There was a bittersweetness to this. Yeah. I don't mean to get off on your, your thing so soon, but this movie is 2012. It is immediately followed by Man of Steel in 2013. Mm-hmm. This is the end of this yeah. Batman era. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then it's something like, we don't like this movie. We don't like what comes next anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's just, that's what it ends on. But I think that you could cut the movie that exists now into something that was way better if you cut out a lot of the the first hour and a half. And I can't like, I think if you kept all the Bane stuff and all the Catwoman stuff and you got rid of a lot of the corporate espionage, like corporate intrigue (laughs) stuff, then it would be a lot better. The trading. Maybe almost if you get rid of the Robin character, even though I did kind of like him. I liked him eventually. I think that that's just a lot of like stuff that another character could do instead. Or you were talking about a Catwoman centric movie. I think if they had made Blake be Carrie Kelly from Dark Knight Returns and she was like, she was a lady cop and she was working Mm. with Gordon and they together, like maybe Gordon does get laid up in the hospital and they together are the ones who are trying to like crack where Batman went to. And then I don't know. I see where you're going with this. Yeah, I do yeah. too. Just shuffle some of the characters around. Because I don't know, like Catwoman, I like that she's kind of, I don't know why she'd be trying to find Batman, I guess. And I kind of like that she's like a dangerous character on the edge of all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So like she does intersect with the with the cops who are trying to find Batman, but she's a little bit more of like a wild card than a main character maybe. Well, mm-hmm. then you, you could have her just end up finding Batman. Yeah. And it can be something that she doesn't really want to do. That's true. But- she is obviously a good human being yeah. and is able to figure out, you know, like, okay, well, shit. Yeah. I need, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, 
clearly we have some problems and this might be a solution to the problems. So maybe yeah. she's the one that That's gets... That's a very Catwoman you know, kind of thing. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, she was one of my favorite parts in the Arkham games as well because mm-hmm. she did stuff like that. Like, she was usually a connection point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or, alternatively, you basically burn it down yeah. and you just make, like, No Man's Land, basically the same setup with Bane involved, but you just cram in a bunch of villains because... I don't know. Why not? Have yeah. a little bit of fun with it. Like yeah. Mr. Freeze in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> right. And I think that like that's one of the things that the this trilogy like loses me a little bit and that like there's not even an implication that there were villains that there were other villains. Yeah. No, he other had two adventures. Ones... That's a bit. I yeah. Think that's that's all you get. Whereas yeah. like I think I kind of mentioned this when we were texting about how like I wanted to see, at the very least, an implication of more villains. Like, like a hall of trophies or something. Well, even still, like, there was the courtroom scene where you see Scarecrow. Like, it would have been interesting if you, like, saw along the sidelines some people that were like, oh, that looks like that might have been, that could be Mr. Freeze. Like, yeah. Freeze or whatever, or Freeze. Somebody Dr. with Freeze. a t-shirt with a goddamn question mark on yeah, it. Yeah, at least yeah. a bunch of weirdos or something. Yeah. Nobody's a weirdo. But at the time, that was, like, before, I think, people were knew that you could make a superhero movie yes. with goofy shit in it. Yes. And they were everybody was so scared to make a goofy superhero movie. Well, because their only yeah. example of goofy was Batman and Robin. Yeah. That's... Like they didn't really have cuz even in what I think is the starting point for everything that we've seen in superhero movies, which is the 1978, 79 Superman, mm-hmm. um even there the villain is a watered-down version of Lex Luthor yeah. to the point where he's just he's a, a goofball. He's he's a goofball but he's yeah. also a real estate yeah. You know, he's he's trying to do real estate scams, mm-hmm. and they kept going with that all the way up until uh, till um, Batman. And, uh, no, no, no Superman, Superman Returns. Was that what it was called? Yeah, yeah. with Brandon Routh. Yeah, because that's the, the one where he's still trying to make more real estate. He's trying to grow a new island. Yeah, to sell. like yeah. It, like they didn't know what to do, and it wasn't until Marvel, really, I would say, Red Skull. That they realize, oh no, we can make this goofy and and just like what the comics yeah. was, but if we're smart about it, yeah, it'll work. Just like the idea of Captain America In, working as a yeah. movie at the time was like, no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I get why they probably didn't do it, and they tried to do some of that with Batman Superman, and it just the movie. It's it's a problem, and it's this the movie itself was terrible. So therefore. It's hard to look at any of the ideas as good. There are good ideas in Batman Superman. The like the the actual creation of the Batcave and the fact that there are those things in the cave that you can see that are references to the Joker, mm-hmm. references to the Riddler. They're they're there. And it just should have been the last movie after a bunch of other movies. Yes. Yeah. And so it's you know, it, but but because that movie was so mishandled and because Justice League was handled even worse, you tend to throw out, you know, the baby with the bathwater, like all of it has to go. And the fact of the matter is like, no, there were some good ideas in there, but the movie was just a disaster. So therefore, yeah. you know, you can't you can't salvage much of it, um, which is, I guess, one of the big problems with Wonder Woman is the fact that, well, you had one really good movie mm-hmm. <laughs> out of all this crap. What do we do with it? Because the rest of this is all terrible. <laughs> so re- but regardless, I, hey, I maybe Aquaman's going to turn it all around or Shazam. No. <laughs> Shazam could. I could see Shazam possibly doing it. Nope. I don't oh, I already said my hot take. Yeah, I, you did. And I think Aquaman is going to be another piece of crap. Oh, Aquaman's going to be very, very bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, so at this point, we need to rate this thing. I rate all of these films based on a category like Storms. Category one, eh, not too bad. Category five could kill you. I'm as much as I like craft. I'm going to give this a category two. 
And it's weird because it's like it's not as aggressively bad as Batman Superman, right? It's not as aggressively like, what the fuck? But it is also so boring. And just the, that first hour and a half is just, with the exception of Anne Hathaway, is a fucking labor to get yeah. through. Um, so I'm going to give it a category two. That's so much lower than I thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Lower? Yeah. Better. Oh, better? better. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, you know, it's weird, too, because like the craft, the, the cinematography is great, but you should not. That particular bat suit is not really cool. So when you show it in full daylight, it does I not look good. I think it's kind of cool. I think in the shadows it looks fine. Mm-hmm. But you put that thing in when he's having the fight with. Also, there's another thing. <laughs> you just decide, OK, I'm going to go fight Bane again. I guess I'll just punch him harder. Again, this this Batman is not smart. He has no plan. He has no, no plan. He, he it, is Rocky versus Clubber Lang, which. Is just, oh yeah, that's I'll, a, be, I'll be stronger. Yeah, but that you know that made sense with Rocky. But he mm. successfully works as a distraction while Lucius and Gordon get everything else done. And Catwoman. And Catwoman. And Catwoman. Yeah. But does, so he doesn't know Catwoman's doing anything. Yeah, he tells She's, her. That he she tells her the town, right? Well, no, but he, he gives her the motorcycle. He she has one job that she's going to do, and then mm. he thinks she's going to take off after that. But then she decides to come back and, and shoot Bane, which I loved. I love him. Yeah, I'm not on board with this whole not killing thing. Yeah, good thing he has guns all over every car I, yeah, he ever builds. Fuck, man. I, still, it's frustrating. But um, <laughs> but that's it. Yeah, I'm going to give it a two out of five. So, all right. Um, Sam. Okay, mine's the European toilet system where if you... If you're you, building a if collection. You're familiar, you have. Oh, my friend, I'm not anymore. If you, <laughs> they have one big flush for poop, one little flush for pee, and you push them until all your whatever's down the turlet. Um, the turlet. This movie, <laughs> I, I like a lot about this movie. I like, I like Anne Hathaway. I like Bane. I cannot stand that dude playing Batman, whose name I can't remember. Christian, Christian Bale. Bale. Can't stand Christian Bale. Can't stand Alfred. Almost can't stand Lucius Fox. Just like this movie was extremely unpleasant for me to watch again. Mm-hmm. Even like I went back actually and rewound and watched the Bane parts a couple times because I think it's so much fun. And I would love to see him be Bane in a better movie or like him be an over the top villain again. But it's not enough to save it. So I'm going to give it a poop, a poop flush. Because it's so, it's I've so big. I've poop flush in a while. I don't think I've ever flushed anything down the toilet. <laughs> yeah, you have. A couple Batman things. Superman, you gave two poop flushes to. I did, yeah, because it was even a bigger piece of poop. Yeah. This is just a normal piece of poop. I flushed whatever I was on last week, too. But yeah, it was, just it a was begrudgingly, flush. I think. Yeah, and it was just a pee flush. Yeah. Yeah, but this one. We didn't talk flush. about Alfred. He's terrible in this. It's no, not great. Gosh, he's insufferable. 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 Yes. 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 He just, he's so whiny. He gives and him he a goodwill be... hunting speech. Yeah. It's he, so, he gives he... him like two or three. And he's just like, oh, he's just mean. He's yeah. like a toxic he wants, person. He just wants him to get a girlfriend. That's all he wants. <laughs> I feel like at that point in their lives, though, he knows that he wants to be Batman. He should support his choice to be Batman. And he should just help him. They're both like old dudes. That's all they got left. They yeah. should just be Batman together. I agree with you. I want to see Alfred Batman. and Batman be friends. Yes. Yeah. yeah. That was one of the greatest things about the animated series was that relationship. Yes. And they were good yeah. friends in The Dark Knight too. Like oh, yeah, Alfred's kind of crazy because now that I think about it, he tells that story about burning down a whole forest, uh-huh. which yeah. is like, why? <laughs> what were you doing? He's but, doing some black ops stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> he was. But at least they were and trying the to solve problems. children were using them for baseballs. Yeah, the children they burned up in the freaking forest. It was so weird. But at least they were trying to solve a problem together. They were. And And then I I also respected his decision in The Dark Knight to burn that letter. Yeah. 
But to bring it back up, no, that's that the was thing. So mean. That, that was, was just so mean. horrible. Like you made a decision. You got to stick with that, man. Yeah. Ugh, you are not the Alfred of my oh. my childhood. And then when we were talking about it, it, made me realize how completely pointless it was for them to even blow up Rachel in the first place. I feel. I think like, you brought that up. Someone brought that up. Where it's like he's already an orphan. Well, yeah, he already has been motivated by death in his past, and I feel like it would be worse for him to know that she couldn't be with him because he needed to be Batman. Right? Does that track well, at all? No, I think, Marianne, you had the point. Did I? I don't think I... Oh, about fridging her? Oh, oh yes. Yeah. Yes. They had Because they had to fridge her. That was the thing. But the, why? But, but they didn't need to. Writing. He was already yeah. motivated. Clearly, he was not motivated by her... He was only motivated by her to become Batman, to be to like to be better. He wasn't motivated by her because they were going to have a relationship Mm -hmm. like that was not the point of him becoming Batman. But then he like toxically made it the point of him becoming Batman. Right. In the second one, at least. I guess that's the point. He's trying to impress her with his Batman. (laughs) (laughs) He is. He's very loose lipped about being Batman. And he likes when people are impressed by him being Batman. Right. (laughs) I don't remember that. I, well, I want to go into it, but it would take so much yeah. time. <laughs> we need another episode on Rachel. these other two movies. Well, yeah. So. Rachel. My car's so... Rachel, look. You're not looking. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like, I feel like. Yeah. And he's... A, well, whatever. The character I, of Rachel is a very... Is a character in, the mov- in all these movies that, like, re- repels me from them somehow. Okay, I have one more thing to say, and then we'll move on to, to, how, Bill, to how Bill would rate this. But my one big fix for Batman Begins mm-hmm. which would have carried on throughout the show throughout all three films would have been if Rachel was not Rachel if she was Harvey Dent Ooh. if it had just been his best friend yeah mm-hmm. and oh. that that could have fucked him up yeah enough yeah. if that happened at the end we got I'm out mm-hmm. like I oh my god you know I had to kill my best friend that's so much better like and that and that relationship could have been interesting if, if your best friend is looking and I know it was supposed she was supposed to be his best friend but because she's an invented character yeah that doesn't have the way even though she's doing kind of the same job she's a DA well yeah she's like mm-hmm. playing the role of Harvey Dent in the first movie yeah just make it yeah. Harvey Dent mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. all these fucking filmmakers I think you know we gotta have a romantic subplot or make her two-face yeah, yeah. oh that'd be oh that's cool. what I thought could you be. meant I thought you meant well, that too. either way <laughs> then she becomes more much more important in his trajectory because the way it the way it ends at the, dark, the end of the dark night I was shocked when I went to the theater and found out he quit over that I was like, what, that made you, that made you quit? When you went to Dark Knight Rises. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I was dumb. It's such a bummer. It's like. It wasn't wasn't well thought out. I remember, yeah, when the movie started and I was like, oh, he hasn't been Batman for eight years. This is not, this is not the Batman Because they fridged her. Yeah. Yeah, because they fridged her. But, but, uh, anyway, okay. Hmm. Bill. Hi. How do you rate this? Uh, I don't have a traditional rating system, but I do have a wife who I love very much, and she gives a fun look at certain times of movies when things get a little out of hand. Uh, this two-hour, 40-minute-plus long movie only rated five looks for my wife, but she was also working on her artist portfolio at the same time. So she also got a lot of work done. And I will bring up the fact that when we saw us in theater together six years ago, uh, this movie got a chuckle at a terrible moment, which I think got us some dirty looks, and that's when Talia al Ghul dies. Oh, it was a terrible death. <laughs> and we, we got like a ha. <laughs> and I just someone looked at us and it's like, what are you going to do, man? It was a bad death. 
wasn't a great death. It did not look good. No, she's it's all like, crunched up. She's all crunched up, and her neck's like, uh-huh, and then she she <sighs> has this terrible dialogue, and and then she just, and yeah. it yeah, and she no. kicks it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Five looks. All right. All right. Marianne, how so, many tea kettles? Oh, okay. So my rating system is screeching tea kettles, which is basically like how much I want to spend not watching this movie and making a nice cup of tea for myself instead mm. and be interrupted by my screeching tea kettle. Uh, I'm going to say this wasn't as offensive as I thought it was going to be, but it is a very long movie <laughs> and I do tend to rate longer movies higher. So I'm going to say two and a half. Okay. Two and a half screeching tea kettles, which is about for all of the acts I dislike. Yeah. One for each and then half for the last one. Yep. That makes sense. I agree. And I I completely agree with that. Don't like the first act, second act. And I really like half of the first uh, third act. Yeah. Yeah. That that works. Okay. Well, uh, the last thing we need to do is a segment called Real Good, where we recommend something real good for you to watch to get the taste of this movie out of your mouth. And uh, we're going to start in reverse order. Marianne. What is your real good? So my real good is not a movie. <laughs> it is, however, a Batman property thing. Okay. Um, and it is the Telltale Batman video game. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel really, really strongly like I really enjoy Telltale um, as a whole. Like I really like the point and point and click and yeah, choose your own the adventure. Walking Dead stuff. Yeah, they have mm-hmm. Walking Dead. Yeah. They have a Borderlands one. They have like mm-hmm. Guardians, all sorts of stuff. I think one of the things that I always think of when it comes to Batman is how regardless of the movie, people always have very, very strong opinions about whether or not that iteration of Batman is what they want to see in Batman. <laughs> so I think having this option where you can like, you can choose to make Batman or Bruce Wayne cause you play both character, like both sides of the same character. Mm-hmm. You can map him out however you want. So like if you want to make a Batman that doesn't kill, you can do that. If you want to make a Batman that is super brutal and kills everyone, you can do that too. If you can make a, if you want to make a Bruce Wayne that his only purpose is to be like a playboy front for Batman, you can do that. If you want him to make him more like intelligent and like want to help the way that Batman functions in, in Gotham society, you can do that too. Like there's a lot, lot of options. It's pretty sophisticated. Yeah. All right, cool. Bill, what's your real good? Uh, there's so many Batman properties and series yeah. and all sorts, all sorts of meta. Uh, and we've talked about this a few times during this podcast. So I'm just going to go ahead and say the animated series, especially the first, I want to say up to three seasons, well animated, the characters, especially the villains are given more sympathetic viewpoints. Bruce Wayne's a little more relatable. They actually give him more human characteristics, which mm-hmm. I had a problem with Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne in this one. And that I didn't care for him. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. So yeah, go check out the first, two or three seasons of the animated Batman no. series and the same amount of time it take, took to watch this movie, you could watch like six or seven episodes. That's true. Well, you yeah. got to watch the whole thing from Batman all the way to the end of Justice League Unlimited. It's all good. And it's all related. It's to all not other. bad. Like, it's all I, not bad. Everything there that I've seen so of it is There are so many all... good Batman related things. Um, yeah. If you yep. want to just pick one thing from that, I would say uh, Batman Mask of the Phantasm yeah. is, a, is a standalone movie yeah. with all with, that is from the animated series. But it was a movie that went to theaters and it is it's quite good, mm-hmm. even though it's a terrible name. It's quite good. The movie itself is quite good. Sam. Uh, OK, I don't have a movie either. It, this movie made me start. Repl- or, yeah. Watching this movie made me start replaying the newest Batman Arkham game, Arkham Knight. Mm-hmm. I don't 
I like those games from like a being Batman standpoint. I'm not crazy about some of like how edgy and grim dark they are because mm-hmm. I like my Batman a little more fun. Mm-hmm. But I love driving around in that Batmobile <laughs> and uh, like beating up classic bad guys and not killing them, which these movies always kill all the bad guys, and I can't they stand do. that. Um, and then also the Batman stuff that I really got into, the Batman comics that I really got into, started with Batman the Black Glove. And that kicks off Grant Morrison. I think that's the one that kicks off Grant Morrison's arc that's like five or six years and leads through like the death of Batman. And then he has to like, he ends up in the past after he dies somehow and has to like fight his way through like dinosaurs and pirates and get back and kill Darkseid. But it all starts Batman with Batman like, has to kill Darkseid? It's so awesome. Darkseid's the one who sends him back, right? I don't want to spoil any of I'm it. I'm just saying, but, but, it rules. This, okay. Yeah. So, but it all starts with this, which is like a murder mystery where it slowly starts to be revealed that some of the crazy things that Batman went through in the 60s were like implanted memories what? that he's, yes. like, he's like grappling. I love shit like that. Yeah. But then some of it's real and he's got to like parse what the hell's going on. I and it all starts with, with Batman it. the Black Glove. That and actually sounds really like a lot of what I liked about the animated series. There was a lot of stuff yeah. like that where like Mad Hatter would give him some gas and he would have this horrible nightmare about yeah. Batgirl dying. Mm-hmm. And like, so this, yeah, but that's he figured out it was a dream because he calls himself Batman in his head. No, because he couldn't read the newspaper. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's a different one where he yeah. calls himself Batman in his head. Yeah. Mine is not a movie either. Uh, I think you should go and read the Nightfall series. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it was an important thing that happened. I think it's also cool to revisit comics of the 90s because mm-hmm. they were so overly excessive in costumes and Azrael's costume is nuts. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, but I like the angle on that is like it's all on purpose. Yeah. And you're supposed to be like, oh, Batman's way cooler than this, yes. than this way over the top lunatic yeah yeah and he's like clearly a lunatic yeah. and i like the fact that the other uh, the nightwing and the current robin are both like put out that batman didn't have them become batman mm-hmm. once they get like it's it's fascinating also like i appreciated how in that comic and i'm not gonna spoil the whole thing but in the comic bane releases the inmates of blackgate and i think arkham mm-hmm. um to exhaust batman yeah like that's his point is like they're going to be he's going to be exhausted and then I'm going to strike. Yeah. And that's what happens. And that's why he's able to beat him is like he's already Batman's already been beaten down by all of this shit he has to do. Yeah. And then Bane comes after him and Bane uses the venom. Is that what it's called? The, I think so. The venom is the mask that mm-hmm. gives him more strength and he becomes roided up and yeah. everything. Um, uh, they couldn't have possibly made a movie where Batman fights a bunch of bad guys. I know. Um, yeah so but i think it's a really cool comic it was one of the things that got me into comics Mm -hmm. in general and enjoying comics so the nightfall series you can get it in trade paper and it's really good and i also like the arc that asriel went on after that with his own series so i'd I'd suggest that all right well thank you guys for coming on and discussing this really long movie um appreciate it it was one of the first movies i wanted to talk about when i created this podcast i honestly feel like as we talked about it it just unraveled into a big pile of nothing like this movie doesn't exist in my head anymore it's kind of that's nothing there it's just like it's just nothing it's so empty that's why that's what my experience was watching it yeah is like by the end of it i was like what i don't even remember how things connect in it anymore so what a shame yeah but uh i really appreciate it and uh yeah so thank you Sam 
Yes. Tell us about your podcast. Oh, I got a podcast with my girlfriend, Rachel, called Real Love, where we each pick a movie every week and we make the other person watch it because we got sick of looking at Netflix for like 45 minutes at a time. <laughs> uh, and uh, we do new movies, too. I think the next one we're going to do is House, the 1977 Japanese movie House. Oh, and, House. Yeah. And, that is uh, a freaky movie. I love that movie. I love it. No, it's great. I, woke, I was at a 24-hour movie marathon the first time I saw it, and I woke up at 4 o'clock in the morning, and it was, like, the beginning of that movie. And it was just, like, <laughs> that over-the-top <laughs> piano music and, like, a girl with sparkly sparkles all around her. And I was like, yes, this is what I need at 4 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> and then I was freaking scared the whole rest of the time. And The Fall is the other movie that we're watching. Oh, so cool. That will come out this week, I think. I think the one that's out right now is Black Klansman, yeah? Yeah, the one that just came out is Black Klansman. Yes. Okay, cool. And uh, where can people find it? Oh, yeah. It's called Real Love. You can find it on uh, R-E-E-L, Love, on iTunes. You can follow us on Twitter to see what we're going to watch next. And, yeah, that's it. All right. Bill, what shows do you work for? I work on SciShow and SciShow Kids with Sam. Yeah. So, yeah. cool. A little bit of crossover in this episode. Indeed. Yeah. <laughs> and, Marianne, where can people find you? I don't work on any shows except to... All of them. Except to help sort of. every single one of them. <laughs> yeah, except to help all of us do our shit. Yeah. Um, but you can find me on the internet on all the social medias that I am on, at MFDesSilva. Um, th- if you would like to hear a more, I don't know, generous take on The Dark Knight Rises, uh, you can check out the episode of Cinemakers that goes up this week, where they talk about it. And I think, from everything I've seen on Twitter, I think they had a better time. Hmm. So <laughs> we shall see. And that is, as we are, a part of the Cage Club Podcast Network. And uh, you can go to cageclub.me and check out all of the podcasts there. Also, I'm on an episode of High School Slumber Party where we talk about summer school and it is out now and I had a really good time. So, yeah, you can find us at Real Bad Pod on Twitter and, of course, on iTunes and all of that stuff. And please, if you want to support us and be able to let me buy lunch while I edit these on Saturdays, uh, go to our Patreon. It is patreon.com slash realbadpod. And uh, that will allow you to also, depending on which tier you join, you can suggest movies for us to watch that we'll do a monthly poll on. And the winner of that poll, obviously, is the movie that we're going to watch one of the weeks in the month. And the first one is going to be what movie we watch in October. So, yeah. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And until next week, this has been Real Bad. Real Bad.